Today we get started with our post-Easter study on Granada's vision. It's Monday, April 17th. How do we think about who we are as a church? That's what we're going to be looking about at in the next few weeks. Now we start today with a question. Do you know there's a war afoot? Now I'm not talking about Ukraine and Russia or a future war between China and Taiwan. Know the war we are caught in, and we're in the middle of it. Yes, we feel it acutely, but we may not see it clearly. In our world, there's a war going on for your attention. Advertisers are doing battle for your clicks and views. YouTubers and TikTokers are fighting over your viewing time, your attention. The winners earn money. They get status in a world driven by ad revenue and purchases. Haven't you noticed that once you go searching online for something, you discover that for days after that, there are ads sprinkled across your screen with offers to buy just that. Yes, we're being bombarded in this war. Computers sitting somewhere know what you're looking to buy. They know the videos you watch, your habits and interests and purchases. That makes me sick to review all this because it's so insidious and ubiquitous at the same time. Now, I only mention this to get at another deeply embedded draw for your attention. Yes, that's what you will live for, what you will worship, what you will draw your sense of meaning and security and identity from. As we learned in worship yesterday, all of us worship something. Here's how the late author David Foster Wallace described this phenomenon. In the day-to-day -day trenches of adult life, there's actually no such thing as atheism. There's no such thing as not worshiping. Everybody worships. The only choice we get is what to worship. And in this outstanding reason for choosing some sort of God to worship, is that pretty much everything else you worship will eat you alive. If you worship money and things, if they are where you tap your real meaning in life, then you will never have enough. Never feel you have enough. It, it's the truth. Worship your own body, beauty, and sexual allure, and you will always feel ugly. And when time and age start showing, you will die a million deaths before they finally plant you. Worship power, you will feel weak and afraid, and you will need ever more power over others to keep the fear at bay. Worship your intellect, being seen as smart, and you will end up feeling stupid, a fraud, always on the verge of being found out, and so on. I should say that Wallace was not a Jesus follower, but he could see that everyone is involved in worship. Atheists do it too. You see, your God is what you live for. It's where you find meaning. But the problem is that anything you live for that is not God, anything you worship that is not God, he says, will eat you alive. Now first, let's look at why that is, and then look at the underlying biblical principles at work. Here's why what you worship will eat you alive. It will ask for greater and greater sacrifices as you live for it. If it's power, you'll have to walk over a few others to get more of it, other people. You will have to put it before the people in your life, and you will come to serve it. 
but in the end it will not last, and it cannot give you the security and meaning that it promises. In the end, it will use you up and leave you broken. And this is true of any idol we worship. It's bound to disappoint us because it cannot give us what it promises in any lasting way. And that's the first thing. Of course, Wallace says that we cannot really even see we are doing this. Likely the thing that is most important to us becomes what we worship. It may be your career, as he says, your physical beauty, your financial resources. These things are good, but they're always at risk and they're not worthy of our worship. You see, anything you can lose cannot give you peace. Anything that requires you to sustain it certainly cannot sustain you. Here's our scripture for today, Psalm 115, verse 4 to 8. Their idols are silver and gold, the work of human hands. They have mouths but do not speak, eyes but do not see. They have ears but do not hear, noses but do not smell. They have hands but do not feel, feet but do not walk, and they do not make a sound in their throat. Those who make them become like them, so do all who trust in them. Now in this psalm, we find this next principle of worship. In the end, you become more and more like what you worship, what you focus your life on. And these idols, well, we're told they can't speak or hear or see, and following them, we slowly become deaf and blind ourselves. In other words, we can't see ourselves or our lives clearly. They don't open up our lives, but instead they shut us down, taking away life rather than giving life. Now this week, as we focus on worship, the implications of looking to God are immense. So I'm going to close with this passage from 1 John chapter 3, verse 1 to 2. See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God, and that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know Him. Dear friends, now we are children of God, and what we will be has not yet been made known. But we know that when Christ appears, we shall be like Him, for we shall see Him as He is. Let's pray. Father, we worship You. We find it difficult to believe that we will be like Jesus when we see Him, but we know that's Your purpose to change us, and to conform us to the image of Christ. Protect us, O Lord, from putting anything ahead of you in our hearts and lives. Protect us from giving ourselves to that which would enslave us. Give us, we pray, a single-hearted devotion to you. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen.